Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Welcome to the Luck on Sunday podcast, a weekly audio digest of all the best bits of Luck on Sunday, free to air every Sunday from nine o'clock that brings you the best guests and insight from around the racing world. Well, when a 50 to one shot wins the national and you share a name with the horse, Jerry McGrath next to me, if the horse was called Noble McGrath, if the horse was called Noble Stanley, tell you what, I'd have made a fortune. Dave Yates, it was a gift. <laughs> it was a gift. It, it, just, it just illustrates the, well, they call it the glorious uncertainty, but I'm not sure what's glorious about it. Um, thousands and thousands of words written this week uh, in the Daily Mirror's three um, pullouts. And my selection, Enjoy Dallin. I think ran for about 10 seconds before falling at the very first of the 30 obstacles. And then the winner is Noble Yates at 50 to 1. Just uh, talking to various members of my family driving back last night, and no one, WhatsApp groups were filler, but surely you must have. None of them. None of them had a penny on. I mean, most of my family wouldn't have have probably bet on the national anyway, but those who did uh, did not back Noble Yates. So 50. it all seems so obvious on the other side of the fence, doesn't it? But yeah, it didn't happen. How depressing. Um, how, how are you watching on at nationals now? Do you are, are you are you glad not to be involved, or does still the fire still burn a bit, Jerry? Um, oh, like I said, the fire definitely still burns. But to be fair, you know, it was one of those. It was infor- the, the retirement was forced in. I was forced on me. So like, there's no point dwelling on it. And I'm very lucky. I'm very busy straight away with a new job, and I've I've lots to keep me busy, and mm. I don't get too much time to dwell on it. And I'm sure when you're looking at a success for, you know, ultimately the story was the rider this year. Yeah. Um, a, a little bit akin to last year, I guess, with, with Rachel Blackmore. You. Would have you know known Sam, ridden against Sam. You you, yeah. you must have been delighted for him. That story on his last ever ride, phenomenal. Yeah, I don't think like yesterday morning. I don't think anyone anticipated us having you know such a fairy tale ending for for a very good fella, very good family. Uh, Robert and Sam, they're great people, and there's a family, and there's a great story behind the whole thing as well. You know, and not fair play to them is you you could not bow out on a on a bigger stage. That's for sure. I mean, we, we can get stuck straight into that. It is the story of of the weekend. Um, there were a, a few, a few of us broadcasters, journalists talking, talking beforehand. I was sat next to Simon Holt actually saying, "Right, well, what are the main stories here?" There were, there were two real main story possibilities. It was either Snow Leopardess, a mum winning the Grand National, or it was the bowing out Sam Welly Cohen winning it, and we got one of those. Yeah, I mean, mm. I think going into it, the story in italics was Snow Leopardess, mm. wasn't it? I mean, the fact that um, a grey mare. Nickel coin, the last mare to win in 1951, and the fact that she had a, she has a three-year-old foal, which has never been done before. You know, you go through the the the, uh, the, the history of the Grand National, first run in 1839. You've got Foynaven, you've got Aldeniti, you've got Red Rum, mm. you've got Rubio, my favourite, who was so. Uh, w- w- was so lame that he was taken out of training and then pulled the bus, the, 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 um, the guest bus of the Saracen's Head Hotel in Toaster and then was returned to training and won the Grand National. That's my favourite. All those brilliant stories. And, of course, we're thinking, right, it, Snow Leopardess is a few lengths clear, isn't she, in terms of, like, the stories. Marietta Fox Pit. It's, yeah. it's a brilliant story. But there are... Any second now, of course, unlucky last year, mm-hmm. in some people's eyes, the moral victor. You've got Manila Times coming back again, Rachel Blackmore, a bit of a law of diminishing returns because, you know, she made history last year and it's going to be a slightly smaller story, but still a, an incredible one. And, of course, Sam Whaley Cohen too. You know, and, and when, when Snow Leopardess is out of the race, your mind's sort of thinking, right, well, that's the biggest story gone. And then, of course, on the run-in, they... They jump the last almost together, don't they? And you think, right, it's either redemption for Ted Walsh 
or it's Sam Whaley Cohen. Mm. And, of course, a seven-year-old as well, what, Bog's car in 1940, the last one. So it, it, it's just yeah. such an incredible race, this, isn't it? Mm. You know, you think, oh, that's that story gone. What are we going to write about now? Like, mate, there are 39 other stories you can write about, and they're all brilliant stories. You know, it, it's, it, it's, such an incredible, it's such an incredible race to... It, it's, it's such a privilege to be on the stand and they do the parade and you think, right, red hat, white hat, I've got that one, that one, you know. And, and It wasn't the horse... At, so we, I was doing paddocks at the time and I remember saying one of the horses we haven't seen is Noble Yates and I, I heard he's out on the course. I think... I'm not sure if that was slightly missed. He went out early. Yeah, there, were, about, there were three that went yeah. early and he was, he was definitely mm, one of them, yeah. that's right, yeah. Um, but, We'll, we'll uh, hear from um, Sam Wally Cohen shortly, Emmett Mullins as well, a, a huge training performance from him, one national runner, one national winner. But just to, to pick up on the amateur side as well, the, the first amateur rider since 1990 in Marcus Armitage to, to win the race, I think that adds to the romance of it all slightly. You know, There'll be people who watch one race a year and it's the Grand National and wondering why Sam Wally Cohen has a mister next to his name. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, one of the interviews Sam did yesterday, he said regardless of what age he was, if he ever won the National, he was going to retire there and then. And the fact that he did on his last ride was incredible. But his record over fences speak for themselves. You know, yeah. he's, you know, they, they all, himself and his dad and the family, they've always targeted this race um, to get the right horse on the right day. And yeah, they pulled it off yesterday. Uh, delighted to say that Sam Wellico, and it might be a busy day for you, Sam, joins us on, on the line now. Sam, how are you feeling? <laughs> uh, um, amazing. It's uh, it still hasn't sunk in at all. Really, we keep pinching ourselves to see whether it's uh, whether it's true. But uh, no, it's uh, it, it, it's a beautiful sunny day here, and uh, we're all on cloud nine. I love that you have uh, not said I once when I've said how are you feeling. You said we're all pinching ourselves. We're on cloud nine because it felt like a family victory yesterday. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, so much goes in. I mean, whether it's uh, with the horse, with Emma and his team, or or at home, everyone getting excited and dreaming uh, that it could could come off. So it's been uh, it's been a long journey and uh, not one we ever thought would really happen. So uh, it feels unbelievable. I interviewed your dad before the race, and you know he said uh, he was really proud talking about your national record. Was this your fortieth ride over the national fences? He said. I, I think it might be. Yeah, someone someone said that. I haven't actually counted, but uh, I think it is about that. Uh, we're watching the, the closing stages now. You're up against Mark Walsh uh, and any second now who ran such a good race last year. Did you think you were going to win? I hoped I was going to win. I knew I knew he kept something in his pocket from when I rode him at uh, Cheltenham, but to be honest, at that stage, it was it was go down on your sword trying if you're not going to win. So it was uh, head down and all out. I mean, the, yeah, the celebrations were were absolutely fantastic. Um, what, what's, what's that feeling like compared to other nationals you've, you've ridden in where, you know, I know you've gone, you've gone close before, you've had some great spins before, but the, the, the chance of winning after the last has never been, a, I guess, a, a real possibility. What, what's the difference in that feeling? What's the adrenaline like? Uh, I mean, it's an, un, it's an unimaginable uh, high, really. You can't, can't put words on it. I think well, one of the strange things, I think, as, as the jockey, is, is you still feel a lot of responsibility for the horse. So, um, you know, pulling up, really conscious to look after him and, uh, and, and of course, get weighed in. So, you know, you're, you're enjoying it. You're on cloud nine, but your job isn't actually done. And so sort of trying to keep some sense of composure uh, while, while, while enjoying it and helping everyone enjoy it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real people's race. So, you know, keen to make sure all the crowd got a sight of him and enjoyed it and uh, and we could all really drink it in it was uh, yeah it was pretty pretty wonderful sam Dave Yates here congratulations for yesterday hey. um your father was just in shot there and of course you've had a a, a long and enduring relationship on his horses uh, 2011 you won the Cheltenham gold cup on on long run he was explaining the 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 correspondence that he received when you were riding from people who thought that he should put a professional on instead of you. It, it, in that sense, it's been an amazing relationship over the last decade or more, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and by all rights, he probably should have done. Um, you know, he had a chance to, to win a Gold Cup, and why wouldn't you put, you know, one of the one of the great stars of the weighing room on the horse? But, but we've always done it together, whether it was 
pony clubbing, uh, doing pairs or whether it was, uh, you know, the point to point. So uh, it's something we target doing together and it was never really a question. I, I did say to him, look, if you want to put uh, put a pro on, you know, I'd, I'd understand. He said, not, not, even, not even a question of it. That was uh, so we, we just shots there as you were talking about amateur riders, pro riders of, of Mr. Marcus Armitage when he was riding, coming and giving you a, a big hug after after that success. How how's it been over the last few years? Because of course you know you, you, we knew you were bowing out here, but you have been riding less and less. It, you know, was there was there ever a feeling that your, your riding, your fitness was going to have suffered as a result, Sam? I mean, in, in a way, once you've got. 20 odd years in the bank you, you do have a bit of experience I mean some of the jockeys riding weren't born when I first uh, was point to pointing and, and riding under rules so um, you know the COVID year was really challenging because just didn't get enough riding in and uh, and, and that that is difficult to, to miss a year when you're towards the end of your career um, and, and pick yourself up and, and, and get get back in the swing of things so that that was actually really tough this year being point to pointing I'm just so busy with work, so it's been uh, hard to ride in every in every race. But but truthfully, uh, I only ever really ride in thirty odd races under rules a year, and and turning up in King George's and, and things. Often I'd only had four or five rides in the season. I think when I won the beach, it was my third race of the season. So it's not totally unusual for me to have turned up when probably not as much practice as I'd have liked. I love it. J- J- Jerry McGrath sat next to us. He rides 30-odd races a season. King George, Gold Cup, Grand Nationals. Not yeah. bad. Yeah, Sam and Jerry here. Uh, Sam, can we confirm that you're definitely retiring? <laughs> yeah, over, over and out. I mean, it's always, it's always tempting, isn't it, uh, to keep going. But, uh, you know, I could not have imagined a better way to go out. And, you know, I said to some of the lads, for me, the riding, the racing is, is as much a love affair with, with all bits of the riding. It's the preparation. It's the... It's even the, the small days um, away, long away from the spotlight and the days where you start thinking, oh, I, I don't want to go three hours for, for this horse. Then, then, you know, then you need to be out. You're either all in or you're all out. And uh, as soon as that thought starts creeping into my mind, I was like, actually, this is, this is a good moment to, to call it a quick. Um, uh, yeah, the horse will only be eight next year, which is unbelievable to think. And it'll be a lovely ride, I'm, I'm sure, for, for someone, Sam. Um, really appreciate you joining us. Enjoy your day. Thanks, Sam. That's a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Bye. Sam Willie Cohen, the Grand National winning rider, who uh, bowed out with that success. Right, the Grand National 2022. Um, we can have a look back. There's a, a lot to discuss here. Uh, a lot happened. Um, Dave... I suppose one thing to, to point out, we, we did have a good few unseats and fall. Does it feel like more so than normal? Yeah, I, I, it did feel like that. Mm. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know what the statistics are in relation to the last <laughs> Noble Yates. Thanks very much. Yeah, that's Noble Yates. That's the winner. <laughs> for, yeah. for pointing. Um, and there's Enjoy Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh, oh. just stumbled, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, I was watching it from the other side, obviously. We saw that the, the green hat with the white star um, didn't re-emerge yeah it, it's um, Longhouse Poet uh, well fancied he, he sort of went round on rails didn't he it seemed and, and really took to the test um, the Annabelle Fly who mm. was lucklessly brought down there one uh, of five JP worth, worth pointing out as well that there was a you know concern about the, 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 the well-being of a, a Claire Surf but um, uh, thankfully, at this stage, to report that um, he, he seems to be okay. We must touch on the fact that there was a fatality after the Grand National as well, and we're going to come to that in a little bit more detail. I know that was Discarama, who was um, pulled up on the flat in between fences. Um, we, we carry on, Dave. Sa- Sam, uh, Sam Whaley Cohen said that during the early stages, he felt that Noble Yates uh, was, was struggling to go the, the early gallop, didn't he? And he, he was trying to get him into pockets of space that he could run into and get him into a, uh, a good rhythm it, it's it's you can see there Jerry he's he's quite a way back isn't he and mm. is it the is it the the belief in modern nationals really I know that there are no hard and fast rules but uh, is the the modern belief that you generally need to be more prominent than 
than come from the back. Yeah, I suppose it goes back to the fact too, like you know, nowadays people say, even though it's, it's four miles two, whatever, you know, a lot of two and a half milers win over it, you know, they go a good gallop from the start. And I actually just thought it was very interesting because like usually when you see the Whaley Cohen horses running in over these fences, whether it's the Fox Hunters, the Beach or the National, they usually go forward on them and they're very prominent. And like I think, like Sam said, he was probably just struggling to go to gallop. Um, they have gone hard up front. I think Longhouse Port, he's a very interesting horse. He's gone, mm. he just seemed to just probably over travel, over race a small bit. Took the defences very well and he still ran a good race. I think he's definitely one to take from the race. He, like uh, Mink Martin Brassel had said, um, that you know there was a, a chance he'd have preferred softer ground. That's also a point that Charlie Longston made about Snow Leopardess. You can just see struggling a little bit out the back. Yeah. He said she, he was worried about the early tempo for her, yeah. perhaps. Maybe she would have preferred um, softer ground. Um, she eventually was was pulled up, I believe. And I love that the owner after the race was already thinking about the Irish National next yeah, week. Yeah. And Charlie was saying, I, I think we might just swerve that. While we were talking there, um, Minella Times yeah. was was unlucky there. Actually, ran into was essentially ran into another of JP's horses who um, had made a mistake there, and. Rachel Blackmore was unseated. Um, the, we didn't really get to answer the question with Manella Times. I didn't think whether, no. whether no. It, returning, whether he would really take to it again, or whether he would think, yeah, didn't really did that last year. Not really that keen to re, to uh, to reengage. Well, I suppose I think the weight rise was always going to be difficult, but but. <laughs> You know, the, the second this year, any second now, managed to you know get an extra seven pounds and, and still run his race for all that Ted Walsh said. Look, I've written for a horse like that an extra seven. I didn't think it was ever going to be a, a massive issue. Um, on any second now, Jerry, uh, you know, Mark Walsh, he went the brave route last year on the inside. He got hampered. He went a similar route here, perhaps ever so slightly wider. But, you know, you are in that position, white hat, first colours of J.P. Manis, somewhat a hostage to fortune in a race like the National. Yeah, definitely. I think it was very noticeable, too. He probably didn't jump with the fluency early, especially as he did last year. And I think that might have just kind of cost him, especially in the last kind of furlong and a half. Um, he just made a few novice, not novice mistakes, but just small mistakes the whole way around, and, and especially in the first circuit. But... It's probably just cost him late on, but like you said, he's um, like even there. Mark's had to squeeze him away from the back of the water, you know, and that's a long way, long way from home. Mm. He's still a way back, isn't he, Noble Yates? That was over the chair going out again on the next circuit. Um, why, from from a rider's perspective, why this is Snow Leopardess as well, who mm. uh, Aidan Coleman just knows the game is up. Well, why the good record in in the national? Do you think for for Sam Welly coming? It, it is really a it, it, it's um, it's. Do we make too much of it? Do you think? Or? That's exactly. I, I asked him exactly the same question. I was, in, and he and he didn't really answer. Joe, yeah. what is it like in the weighing room? There are some jockeys, and I'm not asking you to name names, but there's some who don't look forward to this, are there? Think. Yeah, exactly. Well, I suppose they might give you that impression, but at the end of the day, everyone that's riding a horse, you know, in races, they they, they would, like I said, they're, they're probably lying to you, but they might be giving that impression. But everyone wants to run, ride in the national. Everyone, wants, everyone wants to win it. Don't well, they? exactly, yeah. But it, it's one of those. Even if someone said to you, there's, "You can ride a hundred to one shot," you mightn't get over the first. Mm. You'll have lads queuing up to ride them, right. and that's just the way it is. You know, it's just such a buzz. And I always thought when I rode in these races, it was the build-up as well as the actual race itself. Mm. You know what I mean? The anticipation the night before. The fact that the jockeys come out into the paddock before the before the horses. There's a yeah. parade of jockeys. Then the horses come in. It's it's such a huge thing. A, a word on Aidan Coleman who pulled up there. That's a fifth. 15th national ride for him, he could do with a change of luck, couldn't he? Yeah, and even uh, Tom Skudemore can better yeah. that because actually when he was going out through the shoot this through the stand yesterday, they said this is Tom Skudemore's 20th ride in a national. <laughs> right. So I was thinking he needs uh, he, he's due a bit of luck in it, that's for sure. Mm. Um, the winners sort of manoeuvred forward by this point. Yeah, I thought Kim Bailey's horse gave um, his rider a, a fantastic spin in the colours of you know the Rainbow Hunter who ran in the race a, a good few times. Absolutely, yeah. Ollie Bell, of course, the um, the, the public face of the may we not be found out partnership yeah. and, and of course two for gold has had a fantastic season hasn't mm -hmm. he that you know they've they've won some really they've won lots of prize money a couple of big pots and he would have probably been another wouldn't he for whom like the the, the drying conditions would have probably worked against two for gold his best moments have probably been with a bit more give I certainly think that was sort of going into the race that was my only real concern with not my only real concern, there are 39 other real concerns, but with Longhouse Poet, maybe it just dried out a bit quickly uh, for him. That was, Ding, that was Dingo Dollar Dunn, who I, I, I thought was, you know, gave Ryan Mania a really good spin, actually, and then he just 
No, he, he was off the bride a little bit going into that, and then that, that was his unseat, so that was game over. They've really started to, you know, mm. to filter out here, haven't they, Jerry? And, and now you're looking at the race thinking, right, you know, seven or eight horses now we, you can probably pick the winner from. Yeah, and from a jockey's point of view too, if, if you got this far and you're still travelling, because it is important you're still travelling at this stage because you're still a long way from home. But I suppose you kind of start to look around, you know, and kind of seeing who your main dangers are and what, what whether they're in front of you or behind you or upsides. And you're, you're, I suppose you're looking at the other jockey's reins and hands to see if they're moving and how much you think is left in the tank. You know, it's, mm. it's a, like I said, it's, it's a great. And that, great sorry, I love that idea. You're looking at jockey's hands to just see if they're next yeah, to you. Yeah, definitely, and even just looking at the horses themselves and how hard they're exerting themselves. You know, just small things. You can kind of gauge how well people are... And like lower legs as well, that's another thing. You know, oh. whether they're squeezing or moving too much. A word for a horse that you will know well, Jerry Santini. Mm. What an absolute blinder he's run, hasn't yeah. he? But even, even still here, how well he's travelling. Yeah. You know, I thought, I, thought, I thought he'd run a big race, but I thought he'd be off the bridle a long way up, but he'd keep going. But the way he's travelled into this race, he's, like, he, he's definitely one to go back there next year with her, even for the beach or back and trip, maybe. Uh, definitely. Um, he's enjoyed it. And, you know, he's had his... When you have a horse like Santini, who is billed as a Gold Cup prospect, and... And, and it doesn't quite happen. You get, you know, there are some unkind terms that get flung at a horse like Santini, who here was nimble-footed to sort of dance his way around fallers in front of him, etc., mm. and, and ran an absolutely mighty race. Polly Gundry has freshened the horse up really well. I think everyone thought that the way that he would run would be taken off his feet early and then, you know, finishing to effect. But he's really travelled. But now, now we're down to two, aren't we? It, the winner is, is headed by any second now. I, I was convinced at this stage Mark was going to go on and yeah. win, you know. But I, it was just very, it was very noticeable, especially from the head-on when they actually used the the, the drone. Like Mark, he, he went in front, but he could never get across and close the close the gap yeah. because he just hadn't enough horse. And Sam was lucky the gap stayed open. And when he got once he got to the elbow, there was only one winner. But I thought from the back to the last, the elbow, I thought any second now was going to go on and win the national, and kind of deservedly after last year, I suppose. But. No, not not when uh, Samuel Cohen loomed up inside inside him again. But but that's you know that's exactly what my brain went to as as Sam was talking about there. You know his his dad would receive letters saying why don't you put a professional on. My my brain went to that's the story. That's Samuel Cohen. There's Mark Walsh on any second now. He's headed him. Well, there's no way the amateur Samuel Cohen gets the horse back up. Was it yeah. was what I was thinking at that point, and he did. Yeah, no, definitely. And like I said, it was just one of those. I'd say even Sam thought himself for a second when you look at the the head on like. Do I have to switch outside Mark here? But he was like I said, he just kept the head down, kept driving, and the gap was still there by the time he got to the rail. Yeah, that's. I mean, he's been an amazing. You know, we we often think about the the Irish amateurs of being. Uh, you know, they're essentially professionals, but yeah, you know, yeah. Jamie Cards, Derek um, O'Connor. Yeah, you know, they're really they're really prolific in points to points, and yeah. we watch them, and you, you can't tell them apart from some of the professionals, can yeah. you? But with the, with the the British riders, that's that sentiment is rarer, isn't it? But yeah. he's achieved so much. He, mm. He's a he's a brilliant bloke to engage with after races because he speaks so eloquently about any aspect of 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 the event. You know, not just the tactics of the race, but what it means, and it's. Uh, it, it, it's been an incredible career mm. uh, as a, an amateur rider with Sam Whaley Cohen. Yeah, and I suppose this is his record in the national. Sorry, Joe, you, yeah. can, we, you can you can. But I just you can talk people, over this. people forget to how like he's a very successful businessman as well on yeah. top of it, you know, and how busy he is with that full-time job. Really, you know, he's a proper amateur, which is you know it's, it's great to see. And and he's he's honest about you know at the press conference yesterday he said, I've been given an awful lot of opportunities, you know. Brackets. My father's a very wealthy man, and he buys these horses yeah. specifically for me to ride. And he said, "I'm just glad I've been able to take those." He's been a he's been a a, a really interesting person to interview over over the last well fifteen twenty years. I mm. think it's you know it's an, an incredible story that yesterday. Right. What about the trainer? One from one in the Grand National. Emmett Mullins joins us on the line. Emmett, huge congratulations. How are you feeling this morning? All is good considering everything, yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good morning. Um, we were just looking back at the closing stages there of the, of the, the Grand National. What, what were you thinking at that point when Mark Walsh and, and any second now headed Noble Yates? Uh, probably couldn't say it uh, live, but um, it, was, uh, it was a momentary kind of uh, downer on 
what was in generally everywhere in the race was um, going to plan. Um, but uh, as soon as uh, Sam got stuck into him, it was um, it was nearly it was uh, it was all back on track. Mm. It, it's it's phenomenal, really, that uh, that you've done this with a with a seven-year-old. When was he when was his last run in a bumper? He won a bumper fourteen months ago, I think. That's, I mean, and, and a novice here. It's it's um, it's unbelievable. And Do you think it'd be a year too soon? I never had any doubts. I didn't tell Sam I had any doubts anyway. Um, didn't say that. No, he only won run over hurdles as well. So um, he's probably yeah. No, he done well to take everything we've asked him to do, but. Um, for some reason um, or another, we we always had confidence in the heart. Mm. What 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 had you done with him since Cheltenham? Nothing. Less is more. We've done absolutely nothing with him. Um, he was a lot heavier coming to Aintree than he was going to Cheltenham. Um, he was just a fresh horse and very happy and well himself. When you say he was a he was a lot heavier, sort of that goes against. What I would expect, so, uh, you know, given that I know nothing about training horses, but but what he just what he just sort of put on a bit of muscle, muscle or not, he he just thrived. He thrived um, the whole way from Cheltenham to Aintree. Just thrived for the last three weeks. Um, spoke to Sam the night before, and I said if I had the same three weeks back again, I wouldn't change a thing. I says we're happy with the prep. Everything has just gone to plan. I says, if I had my time back again, I still wouldn't change it. I wouldn't do any more or less. Um, he just seemed to be happy and thriving in himself. Mm. With the, the, the seven-year-old thing, Emmett, congratulations, yes. by the way. It's it sort of... I, I know that the, the, the sands in, the, in, in racing are, are constantly shifting. You know, horses start younger, etc., etc. But was that not something at the, at the back of your mind? It's a, it's a stat that, that goes back to 1940, and there have been quite a few seven-year-olds that have gone there with an attractive profile, and they've always been found out. Genuinely, I wouldn't know where to find the stat. Never looked at it. Didn't come into my psyche. The only concern I had was in the conditions of the race that you had to be seven to run it. And so there was no, nothing. I think you said yesterday stats are there to be broken. You, you're you're essentially just dealing with the horse and and, and blocking out all that stuff, yeah. all that stuff around I'm you. Not, as I say, if, if he was a lot heavier, if I was to be training off weights and things like that. I, I might have panicked or I might have done something different. Um, you're looking at the horse every day, trying to feel out what's going on with him. But um, uh, I, I think I remember people saying it's 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 not comparable. But I remember the the Great Wood Hurdle with the Shunter last year, and people said no seven year old had won it since 1980, and <laughs> uh, he shouldn't be going for it. He can't do it, and um, he was able to win it as well. Is that it for this horse for the season? That was one thing yesterday that, that I, I can't remember being asked or answered. I imagine so. This was the plan. So um, I have nothing else for him to do in my head this <laughs> season. Um, uh, but we haven't discussed it. It's uh, we've been just enjoying it and taking it as it comes. Just, just on you, Everett. You, you know, pulled us a, a fantastic coup at the. the the Cheltenham Festival last year with with the Shunter, and, and now you've you've won a Grand National. You'd have been sharing the, the the paddock before the race with a lot of trainers who've had a lot of runners in the National and never won it, and and, and you're one from one. I, I guess has that sunk in? How I, I, it probably can't really sink in because you're you're just doing what you do. You've run a horse in the Grand National, you've won, and and you must feel very fortunate that that's the case. Oh, without doubt, there's no doubt it hasn't registered at all yet, but. Um... It's uh, it's definitely a lot better than um, my riding days. I, I I had one ride in national and I got as far as the third and fell. <laughs> there you go. Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy riding over the national fences, or did you enjoy the the build up to that experience? Jerry was just saying how the whole package for the Grand National was so exciting. What what were your feelings as a rider compared to now as a trainer? Um, bum bum. So, yeah, very different. Um. But yesterday, as I say, 
Sam and I had discussed plenty, but none of our discussions were nearly around the race. It was all about how to get this horse to the start and in the best mind frame he's um he's a very tricky character and um that was that was ninety percent of our discussions over the last few weeks. Emmett, great stuff. Huge congratulations. Thanks ever so much for joining us. Cheers, thank you. It really was a magic moment in the manifesto for the man that joins me to my right. Let's look back at the win. They make the long sprint down towards the last. The Widowmaker, now Miller's Bank finding his stride, and he surges through to take over. Warlord giving chase. The Widowmaker and Gin Online left behind. Miller's Bank safely over the last. He lands three lengths ahead of Warlord, who's chasing. 150 yards to cover. It's Miller's Bank, and now Warlord is chasing in vain. He's chasing shadows. Miller's Bank for Keelan Woods. Alex Hales and the Miller's Bank partnership win the manifesto. Warlord is set. Second, the Widowmaker third, Gin on Lime in fourth. Pictori has effectively been pulled up. Good fun? That was a good feeling, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good feeling. Um, yeah, one of the best feelings I've had, yes. You, at what point in the race did you think we're, we're, we're on here? Um, it just all went so straightforward. Um, with a great spin around, he jumped really, really well. Um, couldn't believe how well I was travelling, going down to three out. Um, Rachel was going a small bit right. I thought at the time if I if I landed up her inside, it might have been the winning of the race. Um, turns out I didn't need to do that, and no, it was just all so straightforward, and he was just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean he he he, he bolted it basically. He absolutely bolted. In. Um, I don't think there was any other grade one one this week by ten lengths. Um, yeah. So no, look, he, he was very impressive. Um, I'm glad he's he's showed us kind of dared the horse that we thought he was um, I know it was unbelievable great training performance by Alex um, yeah I mean his first grade one as well which is which is phenomenal he was quite emotional afterwards as, as I think you'd expect um, you know you I guess it, particularly with a yard like that where he had two runs I know in, in, in grade ones but you don't have a huge amount of opportunities it's, it's just naturally going to you, you probably feel more pressure and it's going to mean all, all the more to you yeah no exactly look um Alex would be very limited on kind of these these quality horses. Um, he bred this horse himself. Mm. Um, it's, it's a real good story. Um, he's always thought the horse is very good. I've always thought the horse is very good. So um, no, it's just brilliant to brilliant it all came off. Gary, just just watching it back, he was he was just always going so comfortably, wasn't he? There was there were others in the race who you knew mm, this is not quite working out. Pick Dory never seemed quite happy. Warlord, uh, another one, but. Keelan always had Miller's Bank in the perfect position. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm sat beside him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not to be he fair. got lucky. I just, I just loved the way the horse travelled into the race. You know, you didn't have to actually ask him too much until from going between two out and the last. You know, I just loved the way the horse just travelled and jumped away his way around there. And I think, like I said, big day for Keelan, but big day for like Alex, like you said. Um, I think that's one of the brilliant things about entry. You know, sometimes at Cheltenham it can be very commercial. The big yeah. trainers. You know, big owners, they win the big races. But that's one thing about Aintree, you do get a lot more kind of feel-good stories and, you know, the smaller yards and things do get a chance and I think it's it's a massive factor with Aintree. Mm. What have you, up until that point, what had you made of Miller's Bank season? Um, it was hit and miss. Um, I actually missed, I missed a ride on him at the start of the season. Um, I went elsewhere and Harry Bannister rode him um, and won on him in Huntington. Um, and he kept the ride on him then and lucky enough for me Harry couldn't ride him in the pendle the last day and I got on him and lucky enough the owners and Alex left me back on him mm. um, but um, riding him the last day in the pendle at Kenton it was kind of a bit of a revival mission you know he'd been on the ground twice and um, we kind of went out there just to get a clear round into him and a nice experience into him again and um, he's probably paid for that now up in entry he had a nice experience in Kempton and um, didn't have too hard a race, and mm. we've seen the best of him then in entry. Have you, or how how have you found the the last few years? Obviously, you've had notable Cheltenham Festival successes. This is your first Grade One. You skip skip Grade Two altogether, haven't you? Yeah. Gone straight to Grade yeah, One. Yeah, we haven't had Grade Two. Yeah, yeah perfect. Um, but how have you found support and 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 things like that? And and do you hope there's more forthcoming after this? Yeah, look, hopefully. So um, I got the stable jockey job to Ben Pauling at the start of the year, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, 
Alex Hale has always been a massive supporter of mine. Um, I'd love to see Alex get a few more nicer horses now off the back of this. Mm. That'd be brilliant. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, I feel like Jerry when he was riding graft away, ride out somewhere different every morning, and um, suppose you make your own look, don't you? Do you? feel with, with Ben that, and of course you had the Global Citizen Success at the, the, the Cheltenham Festival, do you feel that there's, obviously with the move of yards, uh, him moving his yard, there's a bit of a building now, it could be a really exciting place to be a part of? Oh definitely, look, um, Ben Pauling's got loads of nice horses, um, we had the Cheltenham Festival success with Global Citizen which was brilliant, um, moving stables, moving yards, it can just park everything mm. up and um, the new spot looks absolutely unbelievable so um, that's all very exciting and um, yeah hopefully it'll be a brilliant move. Was that on the Wednesday Global Citizen? Yeah, yeah, well, Wednesday Grand Annual. It's rain, that's yeah. what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rain's key for me. It bucketed it down on Wednesday, it bucketed it down on the opening day at, at, at Aintree. Um, you're the Grand Annual go-to man aren't you? Yeah, uh, well I think I'd be just lucky enough to ride two, <laughs> two nice horses in it but um, yeah, no, the Grand Annual has been lucky for me anyway. Yeah, it was a bit, I mean, Global System was enough of a surprise, I think, to many. Um, ben had said he thought he had him in a really good spot. He said he was, he, was, he was quite confident going into it. Yeah, no, his work had just been unbelievable um, all the way up to Cheltenham. Um, his couple of runs over hurdles this year have been really good. He'd been holding his form, which is brilliant. Um, something he kind of didn't do last year. Um, kind of, yeah, the bit of, last bit of work he'd done before Cheltenham. Ben, I've never seen him smile so much off mm. the end of the gallop and uh, we were all absolutely delighted with him. And, but um, look, it, it, it was a surprise. If, if he finished in the first three or four, we'd, we probably would have been delighted. So, um, no, look, fair, fair play and brilliant day. And it was great because um, he's actually owned by my sponsor. So ah, is he? Yeah, it makes Andrew Megson, so it um, makes it even more sweeter. Uh, that's, that's great. It was a shame he couldn't... Um you couldn't run on the, on the day where you had Sheikh Harry. I know they had the Megsons had severance, didn't they? They had severance on the following in day. the boys' race, and he yeah. just got touched off. Um, but ran the super race. Um, they're fab owners, aren't they? They they great they're great people. Very enthusiastic. Um, loved their horse racing, and um, hopefully they've got a couple of really nice horses coming through. So the future's bright for them. Yeah, and the future's bright for you as well. Um, you know, with that, with that teaming up with Ben, um, Alex being a strong supporter of yours. Have you got you know any? Anything else on, on the horizon this season you're looking forward to, or is that kind of, I suppose, Aintree, as far as the UK jumps racing goes, that kind of signifies almost the end of the season. Yeah. Stand down coming up. I've had an unbelievable season to get a Cheltenham Festival winner and a grade one winner up in Aintree is just unbelievable. Um, I'm not sure if Miller's Bank is going to go to Punchstown or not. Uh, that, um, no, that would be that would be great, but that would be it's soon enough, cake. isn't it? It's just a little bit soon. Um, I'm sure Alex will do what's best by the horse anyway. But, um, yeah, if he could go over there and win over there, that would be mm. unbelievable. A winner on the home soil would be class. Um, Shake Love Harry finished third in the in the red run. Um, they went to Evan Williams and, and, and the last day. He gave you a good spin, didn't he? Yeah, ran a super race. I was just flat to the boards the whole way. Um, probably didn't have enough rain for him on the day. But um, he came home like a train. Like, if you look at him there, he's... He's way back. There's no way he's finishing third, is it? Um, he's not even in the picture no um, but he's absolutely flown home um, just albeit a little bit too late so um, no, the future's bright for him too and yeah. I'm, I'm sure Ben's got a couple of targets in mind now for him next over, season over further over a little bit further <laughs> maybe um, but yeah no, super horse and no, it was a great run great for um, Harry Redknapp to get a horse in the parade ring and in the winner's enclosure in the entry as well mm. Can we just touch on um, another notable ride, which was uh, for pleasure? Who w w did you always feel he was going to be out, 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 outclassed, outpointed? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, look, it was a very competitive race. Um, Edward Stone was coming in off the back of an Arkle win. Mm. Um, gentleman to me had a bit of rave about him coming from Ireland. He'd been very impressive in what he'd done. So it was, it was a really good race. And third time lucky, obviously, um, looked like he had to beat him for pleasure up in Doncaster when he fell at the last. Um, so, yeah, no, look, we, we just went out there to try and get the horse to run well and try and pick up as much prize money as we could, but um, probably a little step up and trip now for, for pleasure next season. And I thought interesting, Jerry, tactically in the race, that the, you know, the one um, point when we were previewing the race we kept coming back to with for pleasure was 
you knew Gentleman Debay was going to bowl along, but mm. For Pleasure is a horse who, who can do that as well. So we were thinking, you know, will they take each other on? But as is often the case, um, everyone knows, just as traders, jockeys, everyone, pundits know that if two horses do that, it can be curtains, so one has to back off, and, and it was left to Gentleman Debay to go out in front and make all. Yeah, I think we could, we've probably seen that a few times this week. It was probably the same with the Three Mile Novice Chase with Ahoy Senor yeah. and Brave Man's Game. Both of them like going forward, kind of doing their own thing. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's it's you know from a jockey's point of view, you have to be sensible. You know, there's no point two lads going out taking each other on and cutting cutting each other's throats and letting it uh, you know building it up for a, a late finish or whatever. Mm. But like I said, it was I think the JP horse was very impressive that day. You know, I think when he puts things together, he's very very talented. Um, he wears a hood and stuff like that. You know, but he's I do think when things fall right for him, and he he can really perform. That's for sure. I I really uh, so uh, before speaking to Willie Mullins after that, I spoke to David Casey first of all, and he says oh, I ride him every morning. I said, oh, what's he like? And you know, he just said, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, he, he does look kind of sharp. Doesn't yeah, he? he's he, tricky. He even come back into the shoot like he was on his toes. Yeah. He was revved. He just but like I said, he's he's obviously very very talented. Yeah. What what pace did you feel you went early in that? We went a nice gallop down to the first. Um, we did steady up a little bit up the straight, but um, the minute they turned on the back, they've they've gone a nice gallop. Then, um, yeah, no, it, it rode a really good race, and I was very impressed with Gentleman to me. He um, he went down, he banked two out, and yeah, I thought he, I thought he was very impressive to right. to go and win in the, in the manner he did after that. So, um, yeah, he he was very impressive on the day. He's an interesting new sort of almost new kid on the on the block in in top company in that division because. I suppose if you, you know coming into this season, if you thought about that yard's um, Grade One two mile novices, you'd have mm. had appreciate it. Who we know instead of a hurdles, Fernie Hollow, of course, who's who's met with setbacks. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you had um, Blue Lord coming out and winning at at, at, uh, at the Dublin Racing Festival. But lo and behold, he's got another one. <laughs> yeah, I think it just sums up Willie Mullins' his domination. Yeah. Well, in, in Ireland as well as nearly England, you know, it's incredible. Like you see how many winners he's trained in England and how close he is in the trainers' championship. It's you know the, the you know the riches of horses they have over there. It's just incredible. They just like you said, when one runs, wins, or one disappoints, there always seems to be another one yeah. to to take his place. Um, right, let's um, turn our attention to another uh, another big <coughs> race win, another uh, Grade One. Success or a grade one success for, for Milton Harris, but there was high drama with this uh, race <coughs> late on as, as well. Knight Salute and Pied Piper um, dead heating, and Milton joins me on the line now as we're, we're watching this back. Um, I was it was high drama in the paddock afterwards because we got the bing bong straight after the announcement of the photo. We we pick it up going down to I think that's two out. What were you feeling, Milton? I couldn't. Good morning, everybody. Um, I was. Um I'd gone to the start, um, and uh, the security at Aintree, as everybody knows, is worse than any sort of nightclub. You can't go anywhere. So I'm trying to get back over, and I wasn't allowed back over to the track. So coming down to the last, I can see him. And I knew that if he got into a fight, we've got a chance, because what he is is a warrior, this horse. The other horse might be a bit sexier and a bit more talented, but you wouldn't fancy him in a punch-up with my fella. So um, here, I thought, we, and when, when they went past the line, I was literally on the line. I was absolutely convinced we either won or not been beat. But when I watched it back, of course, on the TV screen, it was literally a nod, wasn't it? So, um, look, we're delighted to win. It, it, as I said to you, I think in the parade, uh, the win from close drafters, I would have much preferred to have been left as it was. But the mm. stewards have a job to do, and we can't. If we start being sentimental, we'll let him win this and that, win that, so that doesn't work. But um, from a sporting point of view, a dead heat I felt was the right result. Yeah, it's. It's funny, isn't it? Because so okay. So let me give you a scenario, Milton. We're watching the incident at the last now, where where yeah. um, Pie Piper does come across you. If you'd been beaten a nose, would would you have felt differently and asked Paddy to object? Well, it, 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 but it's not the scenario, is it? It's what happened. You know, we we live in a real world. What happened? What happened? So mm. Paddy came in, and we discussed. Uh, briefly, albeit briefly, because I didn't, it was, as you, can, as you know, I know it's pretty manic there. It's not like Cheltenham. You actually didn't see my owners for 10 or 15 minutes after the race. You, it, 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 um, I said to him, let's not get involved in that sport, Paddy. And Paddy, to be fair to Paddy, he doesn't need me to tell him that. That's Paddy's, he's, he's been doing this long. And Davey, what was great, two senior riders. I mean, you've got two riders there with you. I mean, Paddy and, and Davey are proper senior riders and, and didn't give an inch and were good sportsmen straight after the race, gave a shake their hands and and it was good to be part of that. And so I said to Paddy, we're not making a big deal of this. And, and Paddy 
didn't need me to do that to say that anyway. He did, that's what he'd have done. We didn't, you know, is what it was. We had we couldn't lose the race. We were not the people doing the interfering, were we? So to be fair, we're probably the wrong people to ask because we we were never going to lose the race in the situation. Mm. It, it did feel. I can, the whole I can thing was see a bit surreal. Why, I can see why it was changed, um, even though I think the consensus was, particularly after, I know on ITV, you, you'd heard in the stewards' room, um, you know, Paddy saying, it didn't cost me anything. It, it then sort of, it, it, for want of a better phrase, it just felt a shame that it wasn't left as a dead heat. Yeah, this horse, I, I would, uh, listen, none of us know because they can't speak, but I suspect having a bang helped him. My yeah. fellas, honestly, if you... When have you ever seen him not get into a row? He gets into a fight and he's hardy horse. So, I, you know, I, I mean, going down to the last, I know Dave is travelling, but Pat, if anybody that knows Paddy's sort of style, which even he will admit is uh, not come dancing, is it? He, you know, he's, um, he, he's, he's sat on a bit. I, I know he's sat, I've known him long enough to know when he's sat on a horse and he had a bit left, you know? And he's mm. trying to mug him, isn't he? That's what he's trying to do. And, How um, on earth did you get so much closer to Pied Piper compared to Cheltenham or was that just a No, Cheltenham was like, look, this horse has had was it seven runs, one six, three grade twos, no one a grade one. Cheltenham was just not his day. I, what, he worked great leading up to Cheltenham. He's not a great workhorse, whether or not we've done a bit too much. I don't know. And the ground, lots of, they have bad days. I think it was a bad day at the office. Yeah. Look, the forms, if you look at impulsive, is it Nicky Henderson's horse, the impulsive one, impulsive air? I think we've met three times and we've beaten it three times, but we, the form's always worked out about right. And if you look at the result for the race, it's about right. The only, if we hadn't run at Cheltenham, would we have been 14 to 1? No, I don't think so. Right. He, he's, look, we all know these four year and we haven't sort of hid from any fight. Um, the only one we didn't go to was Chepstow. So I didn't feel that would play to his advantage, heavy ground at Christmas uh, around a real stiff galloping track. He stays well, he's com very, very competitive. I mean, next year is going to be tricky, as it is with all of these juveniles. But, uh, you know, I assume Vaughan, what he looks like, to have a nice horse there, that, that will probably be a champion hurdle loss. There's not many five-year-olds win it. The second horse there, would that be a champion hurdle loss? But if that's it's a second horse, a champion hurdle loss, why, why aren't we? Now, we've got 10 or 15 pounds to find, haven't we, in reality? So we, we won't be as hardy with him next year. We'll, we'll, we'll try and be a bit more... We can't just keep repeating the same mistake. I'm a very bad golfer. Somebody that plays well keeps telling me I play. I keep repeating the same mistake, and I'm not going to. These four-year-olds, everybody seems to do the same thing, and they, they we've got to find an angle. So whether we run him in France once at the end of the autumn as a four-year-old against four-year-olds only, there's a Masterson's four-year-olds only at Cheltenham, but we don't want to be taking on the older horses, do we? Um, until um, the spring when he's a he's a hardy five-year-old and even then would, it, would course, he be a two and a half different. horse milton two he'd get to it get the trip no problem yet get the, i don't think the trip is a, it, you know he's by some he's out of a by a derby winner a, i think she was third in the oaks down with the so they're very plenty of stamina lots of options for him look we've had offers to sell him to america we we may run him in america the owners are very sporting um uh, father son and a good friend of theirs They've got an open mind. They, they, their decisions aren't difficult. They've they paid 14,000 guineas for a horse. That's one, I think, close to 170,000. They're not short of a bob, so that it's not about money. And there's an element, even though we've seriously considered selling him to the States, there's an element of loyalty that's come in. You know, we, we feel like we are our friend, the horse, um, an obligation to do the right thing by him. So I, at the moment, the plans are fluid. We're looking at all options, but I suspect we will do is we will look for something different to the norm because the norm didn't doesn't normally work. We can speak to Lucinda Russell now. Um, Lucinda, it was a it, it was a, a, a wonderful performance. I think when a you know we built the race up so much, and when a horse does that out in front so confidently, particularly these staying novice chases, it, it was hugely exciting to see. Yeah, look, I built the race up as well. Um, we were so excited going down there. I think even, you know, when we went to Kempton and ran against Brave Man Game, we were excited about that race. And obviously, Brave Man's Game ran a fantastic race that day. He's a tremendous horse. And I think, you know, while he probably didn't run his race, and Harry Cobden was just saying, you know, how disappointed he is, they shouldn't be disappointed. He's still a fantastic horse. And you just think back to how he was around Haydock and how he was around Kempton. I mean, he was fantastic and I think you'll come back to that so um, 
going to Aintree, you know, we were we were excited about Lompresse taking him on again. We we're excited about returning to Aintree. Um, we knew that Fury Road was wasn't going to be any mug, um, but our horse, you know, in the in the races that he's had this season, he's really um, improved and he's learned. I mean, he's a great big horse. He's he's got plenty of power and plenty of enthusiasm, and he just had to learn how to shorten to a fence. And he, to start with, he wouldn't. He he just would always have that long stride and would just keep on um, cracking into fences. And that's where he got himself into trouble. But we've we've done a bit of work with him at home, and he's worked it out himself. And I think. The way that he went at injury, it's just just fabulous. It's fabulous to watch. Well, was there any part of you, Lucinda, after after Cheltenham that thought, or oh, may you know, maybe we'll leave it there, or, or did you always have in mind that you you wanted to come here and try and repeat the injury success of last year? I always wanted to come back to injury, but our, our, our big thing was to look at the horse, and that I think on the on his sort of fourth day back here after Cheltenham, he was absolutely buzzing and and moving so well, and I thought, well, there's no way that we can. We can duck out of Aintree. You know, he was just in such good form. Um, I mean, he's come back again this morning. I've just been watching him out in the field, and he's just—he looks tremendous. So, um, just a shame there's not another race for him. But I think that's—I think that's it for the season for him. Um, uh, look, I, I, I'm sure there'll um, be a few looking at next season's Gold Cup and thinking, "Oh, well, you know, he, maybe he was better at Aintree." What are, you, what are your thoughts about about his prospects next year at Cheltenham? Look, if he keeps on improving, I think he's got a great chance. I wouldn't, I don't, it, the track and stuff doesn't bother me at all. Um, I mean, his, his thing's just been to learn. You know, you look at him there, he's, he's a very smart horse. He's got big ears, he's got big brain, but he's had to learn how to how to dance in front of a fence. And he's he's done that now. I don't I don't care which what track it is. I'm not I'm not that keen to go back to Kempton. I know Skew and Paul are, are thinking about the King George, but I think I probably would rather... Um, stick to I, I I don't know he's got loads of options mm. but um certainly Cheltenham's not the track at Cheltenham doesn't worry me uh, so we talked about some some brilliant um, family performances we definitely had one in the Fox Hunters with the late night pass winning for Gina Andrews and for Tom Ellis um a horse uh Tom and, and Gina who you've really known since day one it this was mighty to see. Absolutely loved it. Well done. Thank you very Thank much. You. What 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 have you done since? What have you have you just sort of you know relaxed and enjoyed yourself? I suppose the work never stops at home, does it? No. Uh, Friday morning, I went to the point of point course up the road and got that ready for yesterday's meeting. Um, Gina scored a load of horses on Friday morning, just just like a normal day, really. Um, how's the horse come out of it? Yeah, he's absolutely fine. Um, absolutely A1. He's been in the paddock the last couple of days. He's very pleased with himself. I mean, he's clearly ultra-talented. What was the key just swerving Cheltenham this year? Yeah, pro probably. We went there really fresh. Um, so most things had gone according to plan um, with him all the way through the year, apart from an error at Anik um, on his second start when he tipped up at the last. But... Um, no, he's, he's a real straightforward horse to train, um, so it's, it's been a doddle, really. Tom, what were you thinking? We're, we're, we're picking up the closing stages as, as D Maxwell is looming up. Um, what was going through your mind watching on, Tom? I, I literally don't know at this point. I was um, starting to lose it a bit. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was happy that David was going to challenge her early enough because he, he can idle badly in front of this horse. Um, and, and I was... I wasn't confident we were definitely going to hold him off, but I thought if we got into a dog fight, he's so tough, he'd do his best to fend the other one off anyway. Gina, what were you thinking? Um, don't let him up Vienna like I did last year. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I felt like to start with, he was just going to sweep on by me sort of thing, but he sort of got to my quarters and never got any closer, which was ideal really, because then he could just... You know, he could see the other horse and he could keep fending it off because, like Tom said, he can be a bit of a monkey when he gets to the front and just think he's done enough. But uh, you couldn't knock him. He battled all the way to the line. He tried his absolute hardest. Um, just just explain the journey with this horse, really, since since day one, since breeding. <laughs> um, so I was up for quite a lot of the night with him, um, the day the night he was born. 
Uh, it wasn't an ideal preparation for me to go up there and have my first ride around the big fences, but I suppose it took my mind off it for a bit. Um, and then, yeah, we, we broke him in as a, as a three-coming four-year-old and ran him a few times as a four-year-old. And he was he was kind of a slow burner, really. He he didn't show a great deal in his first few runs, but sort of that second season as a five-year-old, he started to really progress, and um, he's just gone from strength to strength, really. And did you uh, buy and point his mum as well? Yeah, Dad and I bought the mother one. My mum was away on holiday. We went and bought this mare from from some friends up the road. I think we gave him eighteen hundred quid for her. And uh, got a big bollocking off mum when she got back from holiday that we brought another horse. But um, yeah, it turns out she was a good buy. But we saw your that was your mum in the red hat, wasn't it? Over. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. No, it was lovely. It was great to do it for you know as a family. You know, it's it's really special and um, it's a nice story. I feel yeah, Jeannie, you were certainly one of the most popular winners of the week. It was you know it, so many people came out of the weighing room to congratulate you. You are. You know, obviously a, a, a champion point-to-point -point rider. You've ridden so many winners there, but it, this is just a bit more special, is it? Oh, absolutely! Like it's a, it's the pinnacle, isn't it? It's the race everyone, apart from Cheltenham. This is the race everyone wants to win. Um, like I said before, I've had a few I've had a few spins around before before late night pass last year, and I got around safely, but not not competitively. And I was just so keen to get something good enough to to be in with a chance of winning and after last year we never really planned to take him there but he ran so well at Cheltenham we just thought why, why not have a go the trip was probably more up his street he jumps really well um and yeah after last year it was always going to be the aim to go go straight there and miss Cheltenham I think three mile two in a championship race just stretches him a little bit and he, he is very small and it's a big effort for him and um, but he doesn't seem to mind those big fences around entry, and the, the trip's perfect for him. And and just explain for for anyone else, you know, anyone watching on, what these these races mean to to your team, and and what winning them means to to your team. How much of a highlight of of the season they are? Uh, like I said, it's it it's our it's the amateurs Gold Cup, the Fox Hunters at Aintree and Cheltenham, and it's it's the one you dream of having horses good enough to, to go in and you know we've been at it a long time now and it's taken us a long while to get to get horses good enough to go and to actually win it's just it's an absolute dream and you know thanks to all our team at home they work really hard um and I said before the same amount of work goes into a point-to-point -point yard as a national hunt yard so you know it's great that we can repay all our staff and owners and everyone you know with a bit of success Tom, we, yeah, we nice. had you in the, the studio here, I think, pretty much at the start of the season. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. And talking, yeah, talking about how the, you know, a, a win like this would, would cap it all off. Also asked you then, you know, whether we were going to see your name um, in in other races, away from the, the pointing scene and, and that scene. You know, is that part of the plan, do you think, or, or is that still a way off? No, I, I think as we sort of said at the start of the season, we're trying to build a reputation for producing nice young horses and we've benefited from our own nursery, if you like, with this lad. So, um, no, I think really and truthfully, uh, as it stands at the moment, we're going to stick to what we're doing and, and, and try and build that other side of the business up of, of buying and selling young horses and, and producing top class horses going forward, really. Is it, uh, sorry, uh, Dave Yates here, is it, is it hard to gauge the form that Late Night Pass was in this year compared to last season, just because he'd had those three runs in points. I know he'd won, he'd won two of them, but he hadn't run sort of under rules against Hunter Chasers, um, say, under, under rules. Is it, was it hard to, to gauge that he was at the same level of form uh, that he had been 12 months earlier? Kind of, in a way. The, the way it's all structured over here, a little horse like him was going to have to lump a double penalty um, in a hunter chase. And obviously, Gina doesn't claim. So he's 12, 6, and then the allowance is on top. He, he's not big enough to carry that. So it's kind of forced us into sticking to point of points with him. Um, in terms of judging his form, we, we've just gone on his well-being at home. You know, there's nothing to say he's got any slower over the summer or any worse, but... You know, he was in he was in mighty form with himself going 
into Thursday and 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 that sort of gave us the confidence to think we you know we'd got him as good as last year anyway definitely I think it's obviously harder for like for like you guys and the punters to, yeah. to know you know what what the form is really with points pointing and people don't follow it you can say um, that again yeah like <laughs> like obviously people go like they go to the hunter chase form because it's obviously more solid and it's more reliable but um like we said, like it's it's so tricky with him having one hunter chases. He then has to lug a double penalty, and I don't claim it's just not fair on him. So we just thought he might as well give him easier prep races, and he's going there, you know, fresher. Hopefully. It was a a good uh, week for for champion trainer Paul because he had two grade one successes we're going to um, look back at those now and hopefully speak to, to winning rider Harry Cobden shortly as well um, first of all we know he won the bowl but we had Jelena Bello winning in grade one company as well seemingly really appreciating three miles um, you know he tanked through this race and I, I know that, um, that the horse to the left of shot there the, the Joseph O'Brien horse who won at the festival is a touch disappointing perhaps but um, Jelena Bello who had again come to, to Aintree Jerry as a, a fresh horse seemed to appreciate that and won very nicely yeah and back to, like you touched on Banbridge there I think there was a few horses this week Edward Stone Banbridge a few horses that you know won at Cheltenham Festival and just mm. didn't back it up at Aintree it was only three weeks and even less for some of the horses so yeah like I said that's horses they're not they're not machines but like back to the winner, take nothing away. He was he was impressive. I think up and trip on this ground, you know, he's he's really seen the best effect. I do think it's a massive run by the second horse as well, Stuart Edmonds' horse. That was an incredible run. He's really stepped up again and looks like he could be a, an exciting horse next year. But like I said, the winner, he was good in the day for the Cottons and yeah, I know Harry Cobden got was a second grade one winner of the week. Yeah, uh, Harry Cobden joins us on the line now. Um, it had been a, a sort of in and out day for you, Harry, up to. Till this point, of, of course, with Brave Man's game disappointing, but this was uh, more Grade One success for you. How impressed were you with the horse? Sorry, Tom, I missed all of that. <laughs> it wasn't very good anyway, Harry. Don't worry. <laughs> How impressed were you with this with this performance? We're watching Jolino Bello back. Oh, absolutely delighted. Um, you know, he's a very, very uncomplicated horse, and he travelled really nice down the way. I'm probably a little bit behind the bridle, but you don't mind that. Um, in a horse, especially when you sort of turn in I just sort of lifted the bit up in his mouth and he took off and it was it was yeah it was a brilliant performance and um, the plan well executed because obviously we didn't want to go to Cheltenham and we decided to go straight to Aintree and you know sometimes these plans don't come off but when it does happen it's uh, it's brilliant well, when you know if we look at that staying novice hurdler Aintree it's often talked about as being a, being a hard race and you know, we know the the lure of the the Cheltenham Festival, but how much do you think a, a horse like him will have appreciated skipping that, coming here, and then that with an eye on his novice chase ne- uh, season next year? Oh, massively! Because look, if, if we went to Cheltenham, we wouldn't have we would we wouldn't have gone to Waintree and won there, would we? And um, whether he would have been good enough to win at Cheltenham, I don't know. But um, he's obviously probably done now for the season. So um, you know, we finished on a great note, and he's going to come back. I'm fairly certain he'll jump fence as well because he's a very very slick hurdler and he seems to have loads of size and scope about him so um, it wouldn't surprise me if he came back next year and sort of we tried targeting a hoist in yours race the one he won this year um, mm. so yeah I, I can't see him going to Cheltenham he'll probably probably well if he's good enough that is we'll probably come back and try for the for the three mile graded novice chase Right how good was um, Clanders Oboe in, in the bowl? Oh absolutely fantastic um I had the most amazing spin on the way around. He jumped from fence to fence and um, probably a bit too long at the third last, but thankfully he got out the other side of it and we just put a nice little gap between um, himself and conflated between the uh, second last and the last and he just tied up a little bit towards the end, but um, he's never one that would do a a great deal in front anyway, so um, he's probably just sort of idling a little bit, but, you know, it was... was, uh, very very nice to get one on the first day and um, just took all the took all the pressure off as you like and um, it was just yeah since since January you know our horses haven't been probably running 110% and it was it was it was a win that we all really needed you know Harry it's Dave Yates here well done this week Um, thank you what was the level of concern about the 
the, the form of the string going into Aintree because talk, I, I talked to Paul on the Friday before and he was he actually he actually volunteered it that he in his own words he said that some of them were were running ordinary and that was a, a concern ahead of like a massive three days in the season for you yeah I mean it, it was definitely a, I suppose a small concern because I think I, I rode a good few horses at Newbury um, the weekend before um, and I think we had one winner or so or something like that and probably rode seven or eight horses and the only horse to win was Laylor and um, all the others. You know, we had some horses run well, but you know, a lot of the time they were sort of getting to the third last or turning in and they just stop. And it's very, very unlike our horses to do that. So there is obviously something amiss. Now we've done all the tests and the horses look well and healthy and they seem well at home. So, um, but there's, 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 there's obviously something that's not a hundred percent. And, um, you know, it's not our sort of usual form for this time of year. Normally, we get to, to sort of March and bang the winners in from there to the end of the season, and you're riding doubles and trebles every day, and you're turning up at meetings, and even if you're not winning, you're running your race, and it was just a bit unlike us. And um, yeah, I suppose we had a bit of pressure on us going into to entry, but thankfully we came out with two winners, and it all happened. And um, you know, I'm not saying every horse ran its race, but they all ran fairly well, and um, I thought we had a well, I was very pleased with, 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 with the three days that we had. And just, sorry to, to end on a, uh, a negative, but is there anything that, that sort of springs to your mind about, about Brave Man's game? Obviously, he was, he, he was a long way below par. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more. Um, I think, it, I think um, just the meeting and, and everything got to him beforehand. You know, I, I, normally when I get on, he gets a bit hot beforehand, but as soon as I get on his back, he's... he's cool as a cucumber and I got on his back and he started bucking out of the rails going under the chute sh and Scott Marshall who looks after him and leads him uh, rides him every day let me go and he leapt out of the chute and it was as much as I could do to get him around the rails I nearly crashed through all the rails and he bolted down the course and I just took a couple of minutes to try and calm him down and, and I let everyone else go to the start before I did and took him down nice and cool but just the whole occasion probably got to him, and just Paul thinks that obviously Cheltenham was a was a, he went there and he 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 probably got a little bit upset there and took a week to get over that. And it, long story in short, that he's probably over the he's probably over the top. But um, I don't know. It, I don't, I don't want to make excuses. I mean, it was we we definitely below par, but you know we weren't good enough on the day and. Um, Fingers crossed everything's okay and he seems absolutely fine after the race, so we'll just look forward to next season now.